Hi there and welcome. Thank you for joining our podcast from Rock Ministries Kabecha. Our prayer is a ministry is that this podcast would touch you in a way that will change your life for the better. If you want to get in touch with us or get to know us a little better, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy and be blessed. does one start this is awesome in the last few seconds I have been corrected rebuked encouraged uplifted it's an honor to be in this house it's an honor to be here people who are blessed like you are usually get to have an idea that they are blessed but I don't take it for granted that we ought to remind you you're in a place of blessing. You are in a place of blessing. The Lord has blessed you tremendously. So precious father and mother of this house, we honor you. Um, We salute you. We've always known this greatness in your hearts greatness in your lives it's not starting now you've always loved the lord you've always wanted to serve the lord with excellence i have never forgotten a message you preached in our church many years ago let no one rewrite your name can you imagine that was so long ago and um, yet we are ever so grateful to the lord for what he's done, for what he's doing. And we recognize that the best is still in you. The best is unfolding. The best is yet to come. We honor you and salute you in the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 My wife and I are glad to be here together. Amen. I'll tell this story. We were were in some overseas country. And I kept saying this, and I think it was the third time we were there or seconds. It was this elderly white lady said, never repeat that story again. And the story goes like, I first saw her on a Tuesday, met her Wednesday morning, asked her to marry me Thursday afternoon. And uh, that was 28 years ago, and we are grateful to the Lord for mercy. And so they said, I should never forget, I should not repeat that story. Maybe they're afraid I might influence some young people to do just the same. Amen. The soldiers are here. Our pastors here in the city, anointed. They love the Lord. They serve in this place. We honor them. We appreciate them so much. They're a great blessing to us. And to all of you who are here today, um, how much time do I have? Three hours? Three, three and a half will be fine. We'll be okay. We'll be all right. Um, first thing, the, the clip you've just seen um, really tells the story. But when you remember is that at the beginning of the lockdown, they said there's no cure. They said that um, a million graves for Gauteng only, a million and a half for the country. Europe said that, um, and that, that woman, you remember that Jezebel? I won't mention her name. <laughs> she said um, the streets of Africa would be filled with dead bodies. Maybe they were right. 
when they looked at how Europe was struggling, they were burying so many people every day, it was clear that Africa, without the kind of infrastructure, without the kind of expertise and the monies they had, they said it's game over for Africa. It was in that dark hour at the beginning of the first lockdown that hands were raised to the throne. God's people prayed. I spoke to the evangelist Walhulela one time. He says, I think through the prayer networks, they established that at one point, no less than 5 million South Africans were in prayer specifically for that. And that's critical, saints of God. That's critical. That's critical. And within a few weeks, the Western world, CNN, and them began to change their tune. From when they were saying it is over with Africa, now they were saying that Africa is leading in the COVID response. You remember that? That was a lie. They were choking on their predictions because for crying out loud, we didn't even have PPEs. Were they saying that we were socially distancing more than Europe? Were they saying we were sanitizing more than the West? Were they saying that no, it couldn't be? They just had to say something because the deaths they had predicted were not happening. God was coming through for his people. That's critical for us to remember. Now the human mind is quick to forget, especially when people are eating. Are you fasting tonight? Thank, how many of you are fasting? No, 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 don't lift up your hand just in case. Okay, for those of you who are fasting, you know, God twice, minimum twice, God says, and when you have eaten and are full, remember. When people are eating, they tend to quickly forget. Have you noticed that the countries that are food secure are the ones that forget God all the more? And so we have a responsibility to remind ourselves at personal level, at family level, at local church level, at communal level, and, and, and at national level. All of those altars need to be serviced. An altar is a meeting place where spiritual world meets the natural world. And, and you have your personal time. When you pray, that's your personal altar. When your family gathers together to pray, that is your family altar. When we gather together like this is a church, what an altar that's alive today. They kept us that side. I, I, I sneaked in from this. I came closer to pray over here. I couldn't stay away from the intercession. There was life here. That's an awesome altar. But then also there's a communal altar. God gives cities to a plurality of leadership. And therefore, there's a reason why senior leaders should come together from time to time and raise a voice of thanksgiving and prayer. I hear you're praying for rain. My, my, my. And I want you to know that we will join together. Whatever was still holding rain back, it will have to let go. But the rain of the spirit and the rain in the natural are coming here. So as a result of that, um, we began to talk more to our local leaders uh, in, in our little town. We gathered together, just put a, a sound system outside and a truck and a stage, and, and, and leaders began to pray together prayers of thanksgiving. Here's a few stories that you'll remember, and you'll hear these stories over and over again because I feel they're so critical to remember. How many remember that there were 10 lepers who came to the Lord Jesus? Leprosy, in my thinking, is a modern uh, 
parallel of COVID because the protocols are the same. Once you were diagnosed with leprosy, you had to be quarantined. You had to be uh, socially distanced from people. People will say unclean from a distance when you're coming because of leprosy. And uh, your food had to be brought at a distance and your utensils had to be, you know, uh, uh, brought into boiling water to sanitize them. And, and, and so... And when they came to the Lord Jesus, they kept a distance. The Bible says they stood at a distance, said, if you are willing, you can make us clean. And the Lord Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. Remember where the priests were? They were at the temple, the very place where they were banished from going. Do you realize that the gathering of the saints is the one place that has been hated the most around COVID? Don't you ever forget December 2020. Never forget that. Never forget that. When casinos were suddenly open. When gyms were suddenly open. When galleries were suddenly open. When restaurants were open. And when the pastors said, give us at least that 50 as well. They said, the highest office in the land. They said, church will not be allowed to gather. And they gave the reason. They said, because of their loud singing. Mask notwithstanding. That day I knew we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. There is a spirit that is against your praise and the gathering of the saints. The gathering, we don't gather in our name. It is God who gave the instruction, Psalms 50. Gather to me, my saints, those who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. And that's the one thing they... Actually, if I might just remind you of that same year, same December, after they closed the church down, then the highest office in the land made a statement, a declaration on the 31st, when we're supposed to be all gathering for crossover meetings, when we're supposed to speak into the new year, when we're supposed to give testimonies of what God had done the year before, when we're supposed to thank God, he said, on that day, if there's no church, there's nothing, you're quiet, it's dark in your place, and then you light up the candle. In remembrance of the dead. When I had that, I made the statement from December to February 24. I said, if in 2021 we do not have riots against the president, I did not read the Bible. That statement I repeated over and over again. Why? Because Isaiah puts it this way. He says, if you call on the dead on behalf of the living, here is a list of things that are going to happen. He says, there's going to be darkness. He said, there's going to be famine. He says, there's going to be, uh, people will be furnished, not just hungry, but furnished, extreme hunger. And he says, they will curse their God and their king, that's their politician. And the riots last year were about the president. That's why when the minister of defense said, no, it was not an insurrection, she was removed because he knew they wanted him. The Bible says the wicked stumble, but they do not know what makes them stumble. He was stumbling because he stood against the gathering of the saints and the speaking of the praises unto God. I know you like him, you don't like that. Sorry, I wasn't being political. I was just telling you what was happening. You're shocked. <laughs> so here's the issue. Um, when these ten lepers, when they said, 
uh, when, when they began to go, the Bible says, as they were going to the priest, they were going to the place of worship, the place of praise, the place of the word. As they were going, the Bible says, they were cleansed. Could it be as the church goes back to the place of the gathering, the cleansing from COVID and everything shall be completed? Yes, the Bible Le COVID is limazile. Hey, abanye ba quarantine na banta barongo payana. Have you noticed that Sangomaism grew up around this time? Even others that you thought in Bango passed, I don't know what happened. Suddenly, there's this Sangomaism. All of it rose when the gathering was shut down. But when the lepers went back to the temple, the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. And here's the issue. Ten were cleansed. One came back to do what? Hello, saints of God, to do what? To give thanks. And as they came back to give thanks, the Lord Jesus, listen to this, he says, were there not ten who were cleansed? How come only one, a foreigner, was found to, listen, 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 to give glory to God? Wow. It's thanksgiving. But Jesus interprets it as glory to God. Now we know this one for sure. That the Bible says God will not share his glory with another. God is serious about glory. Actually God is serious about glory. Even more than the preservation of his apostles. I can prove that to you. Do you remember the story of Herod in the book of Acts? Herod apprehended James and put him to the sword. James was an apostle of the Lord Jesus, not just an ordinary apostle. The 72 uh, disciples of Jesus, then 12, then the inner three, Peter, James, and John. James was in the Mount of Transfiguration when Moses and Elijah appeared and God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Remember the story? And the Lord said to these three, don't tell this. Until I am risen from the dead. So they had secrets of transfiguration they were supposed to tell after the resurrection. And James dies early before he pens his perspectives. I have just, it's my thought. There are perspectives of the transfiguration we don't have. They were in the mouth of James. He died before he could write them. And James was put to the sword by an evil guy called Herod and he died. And it doesn't look like the heavens did anything about it. Read on the same chapter, the story. When the Bible says, and when Herod saw it pleased the Jews. What did he do? He continued to do what? To arrest Peter, intending to do the same. I was glad when they said the story tonight. And, and, the, and, the, and the home cell vibrated before God in prayer. Heavens sent an angel, released Peter out of prison. And, and, and he goes back to the believers. But nothing happens to the culprit. Herod. He's killed James. He's harassing church and he's almost killing Peter, but nothing happens to him. Same chapter. Read on. See the importance of the glory. It's a public meeting. There is no reading of scripture. There is no talking of apostles. There's no prayer. There's nothing of the sort. It's a meeting. It's got to do with people who depended on Herod's territory for their food supplies. They said uh, they had a Scripture goes into detail. I'm thinking, why should we know all about these things? There's a PA. His name is Blasters. And, and he organizes a meeting with Abashali for the men Herod to talk to them. On a specific day, the Bible says he prepared an oration. An oration means he was an orator. He was a public speaker. 
And there he is. He stands and man, he blasts. He gives his oration. When he finishes his, his speech, the people stand up and they give him a standing ovation. And listen to this. They said, this is not the voice of a man, but the voice of a God. Right there. It's as if the heavens had a countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Let's see what he's going to do with the glory that has been ascribed to him that does not, does not deserve. When he failed to give glory, worms did not wait for him to die. Worms ate him alive. It is a violent death and his obituary cause of death written in the book of Acts. He failed to give glory to God. Notice, he killed an apostle, the heavens were quiet. He arrested an apostle, the heavens were quiet. He's harassing the church, the heavens were quiet. But when he failed to give glory to God, he died. My question has been in these days, will we have some heralds around our day who are going to disappear when they take the glory for our preservation from the COVID situation? Hey, we are, the glory of our preservation does not belong to the masks, although we have complied. The glory of our preservation does not belong to the sanitizer. It does not belong to social distancing. The glory of our preservation is that in the day of trouble, we called upon the name of the Lord. He has delivered us. He continues to deliver us and he will continue to deliver us. And, and Psalms 50 verse 15 says, in the day of trouble, call upon me. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. That's the contract of an intercessor. The day of trouble came. We called upon the name of the Lord. He answered and still answering us. He's delivering us. We owe him glory. Listen to the warning given by Malachi in the book of Malachi. He says, he says um, tell the priests. God says, tell the priests, the spiritual leadership of the day. He says, if you priests do not put it in your hearts to honor and to glorify my name, I will turn your blessings into curses. We have been blessed with life. We're still breathing. We've been blessed with unusual recoveries, 99.9 something percent. We have been blessed. Even those who stole the billions, the economy did not collapse completely. God has been merciful to us. We have reason to give him glory. Are we together so far, saints of God? And that's what we will be doing. I'm so grateful that the well-abled uh, senior uh, you know, leader of this home, Precious servant of the Lord has taken part, you know, which I mean we're to a task team, hallelujah. So you have no choice but to see to it that that day becomes a success. On the 20th of February at the Duncan Reserve, we are all gathering together. Um, uh, so far, I know Dr. Tumi has agreed. He says, I'm coming, count on me. Uh, this tomorrow, I'll probably be getting a confirmation from Brother Solima Shangu. You saw him, he was leading one of those. He might be coming. In principle, Lebus uh, Chobela has agreed to come. I'm just waiting for a confirmation. All of these people have not charged just a cent. We did six places, six cities last year. All we have had to do was just help wherever we can get them there. So, uh, but what it is, is because they are, uh, it is something we ought to be.
giving thanks to the Lord for what he has done. Our God is a good God and his mercies endure forever. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Woo! Now, the one thing that's very special about this one in Klebecha is that it's going to be the first one, not the, yeah, but the first one, that will be decisively breaking away from the architecture of Upper Dave, the Group Areas Act. We believe God uh, that uh, Black Township area will be here. Northern areas, as they call them, PE, northern areas, colored, will be here. The white believers will be here. The Indian believers, the Chinese, whoever can be found in the city, we are targeting every group. We will not allow anything to stop us by the grace of God. All shall be gathered together that we may give thanks and praise to the Lord. Somebody shout glory to God. Wow. Hey, there's an anointing in this house. You know, after the glorious singing and the worship and crying for Holy Spirit, I was asking myself, Lord, do I still talk to these people? They're just hungry for you, for your Holy Spirit. In fact, I have heard twice in this week, I've had the privilege of hearing your pastor say these words, a cry for the fire of the Holy Spirit. There's a genuine cry and a hunger for the Spirit. And blessed are they that hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. It's very tempting when it's like this, just to flow in the Spirit of God. He, he is the one we love. He is the one we adore. He is the one that makes work workable. He is the one that guides us, teaches us. He is the one that helps us to worship and to pray unto the Father in the will and according to the will of the Father. He is the one that is aiding the church, preserving the church, rebuking, correcting, encouraging. He is the one we love and adore. So, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you tonight. We acknowledge your power. We acknowledge your holiness. We acknowledge your glory. We acknowledge your faithfulness. You vowed to Jesus that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us until the trumpet sounds and your own are gathered at the throne. We appreciate you, Holy Spirit. Forgive us where we have quenched you, where we have grieved you. Be gracious to us. We submit ourselves to you. We want to be a people who will flow with you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, Holy Spirit, I'm grateful for the work you've already done and are doing in this place. Lord, when we shall finish the talking tonight, we know that you will not stop when we stop, but you will continue to work in our spirit in our hearts in every area of our lives so as i speak these next few words i pray grant me oh god to flow with you in jesus name and everybody shout aloud amen wow are you fasting you mean you are so alive but you are fasting I have a banyan, but I'm going to go to the fasting. 
let's share together shortly on two fasts. Two people that fasted and the purpose of their fasting. It's been popular in the last 20, 30 years for the first month of the year, many churches around the world to do a, what they call a Daniel's fast, where they have a meal, whatever, however they do it, maybe one meal a day, sometimes, you know, just a vegetable meal, whatever, but people have adapted and, and sometimes I'm within that time, whether it's five days or 21 or whatever time that they have and some, you know, have three days of not taking anything, but, but various people have done different things, but it's a beautiful thing because God is first. It's a principle in the beginning, God. And, and the first things belong to God. First hour of your day belongs to the Lord. First day of the week belongs that you may worship and bless God. First month of the year, you need to make time aside and just love God and worship him. And, and if you remember in the book of Acts, the Bible says, now they were worshiping the Lord, ministering to him with fasting and prayer. We're not told they were asking anything in Acts 13. They were just ministering to the Lord with their prayers. So here's Daniel, and you know this chapter very well. Do you want us to read it together? Maybe let's quickly go, um, um, and let's see if we cannot read it to, uh, together quickly. If you can put it on the screen for me, I'll appreciate that. Um, that's scripture, Daniel chapter 9 from verse 1. And um, if, if it's on the screen and you can see it, maybe then we could uh, read it together. Daniel chapter 9, and we start reading from verse 1. Do you mind? I have a tradition I'm taking over. I love it. I've seen it from others. If we could just stand together for the first reading of the scriptures. The rest of them you can sit down, but just the first one we can stand together. And please read out loud from the version you can see on the screen. Go. In the first year of Darius, son of Zexus, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, continue, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Israel, would, Jerusalem, would last 70 years. Uh -huh. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word once again. Speak through these lips of clay. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. The first, the first one is a Daniel's fast. He has fasted a number of them, but this one has become one of the most known. And how did he come to the place of fasting in the first year of King Darius? Remember, these are exiles. Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, or even maybe Nehemiah himself, and a number of others, Ezra. These were young people who were in probably uh, Jeremiah's cell group. They had listened to the scriptures, they had seen the letters he had written, and, and they believed God. They were walking in signs and wonders and miracles. They could close the mouths of lions, they could shut the power of uh, the fire, and, and yet there was one thing they could not change. It was written in the, in the scriptures through Je uh, Jeremiah that although Israel may pray, the slavery in Babylon would last 70 years and they could not change it. They went as young people into Babylon and they got the best education over there. And, and they cried by the rivers of Babylon. We sat down and, and wept when we remembered Zion. 
Zion. They, were, they said, we hung our harps. And, and God said to Jeremiah, write a letter to the exiles. Jeremiah 24, he says, there are two baskets of figs. One is rotten figs. The other is good figs. Tell those who are in Babylon that I sent you there because you're the good figs. And the bad figs are the ones who are remaining in Judah. Very interesting. So God took them to Babylon to preserve them and then left the bad guys to rot in Jerusalem. And so while they are there, he says, you must multiply, you must grow, have wives for children, and said, increase, don't decrease, for I, Jehovah, know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. That was a letter written by Jeremiah to the exiles, to the Daniels, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, who were struggling with, we love God, we continued in him, but for some strange reason, here we are finding ourselves in Babylon, and it doesn't matter whether we have lion shutting anointing we can't get out of this exile and as a result so they are crying out to God and worshiping him so he says according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah I knew that the slavery would last 70 years in other words he was a teenager so by this time he's probably around his 80s maybe 84 85 and says so I turned towards the Lord with fasting and prayer because I understood it's time over for this condition there is an understanding you must get, a revelation that must hit you, that must tell you it should not be like this anymore. It's time up for this situation. It's time up for this condition. And when you catch that revelation, there is a grace you can master to begin to fast. If you fast because others are fasting, you might just forget along the way. But once you catch the spirit of grace and know what time it is in the spirit realm, then there is a fast that you find yourself moving into and that was the first that Daniel entered into he says I turned towards the Lord why is he going to pray he's going to pray Lord we have sinned that's collectively as a people that's why we ended up in 70 years of slavery but time is over for this so prayer and fasting at this point is not twisting God's arm to do what he's reluctant to do but prayer and fasting at this time it is aligning with God so that the timelines of heaven are not missed on earth so prayer is something like this and fasting Lord I recognize heaven has decreed this must happen at this time now Lord let there be no delay there shall be no more delay there shall be no more delay when there is nobody that fasts and takes the promises of heaven and aligns them with you can miss the timeline do we have an example yes we do God said to Abraham in a dream know this for sure that your descendants will be slaves in a foreign land 400 years and Israel did not get out of Egypt 400 years later. Did God lie? No. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. He said 400 years, but 401, they are still in Egypt. 410, they are still in Egypt. 415, they are still in Egypt. 420, they are still in Egypt. 430, 30 years, three decades later, only then are they going out of Egypt. Was it the will of God? No. They lost 30 years. 
When heaven had already said, it's time over for you to be in that situation. There are things we may not always understand why they happen the way they are. We find ourselves, especially the black people, there are things that it doesn't matter what you say. I don't have to be politically correct about this one. But you know that something happened somewhere that we don't know why. We've had to work harder. Billy Graham puts it this way. He says, everywhere in the world that I have been, I have found black people in subservient positions. Whatever had happened, we don't know. But we know that by the spirit of grace, it's time up for that. We've got to rise and take up our place. Something must happen in our generation. We're not just going to be drawers of water and hewers of wood forever. Something has to turn. And once you know that on the inside of you, you begin to say, now Lord God, I will fast and pray so that as you've decreed in heaven, so it may be on earth. That's what fasting is all about. As it is in heaven, so let it be here. Am I talking to somebody right here, saints of God? That's what the first was all about. He was saying, Lord God, we have been here 70 years. And, and we know according to what is written, the time for us to be here is over. Isaiah had put it this way. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Speak tenderly to them. Tell them that their sin has been accounted for in full. And I'm giving them double for their trouble. There was a word that was hanging over them. The first that Daniel took was, I understand that it's now time for us to come out of here. Somebody shout aloud, amen. Look at the impact of that fast. And it's found in Ezra. Let's go to Ezra. Ezra chapter 1. The impact of Daniel's fast is found, felt in, oh, by the way, while you're going to Ezra chapter 1, Fast, I used to say this, you know, if you fast and you don't pray, you are, you're just having a diet. It, it, was, it, was, it was a nice statement, it was not very true. Fasting is a standalone discipline. Just like prayer is a standalone discipline. Giving is a standalone discipline. And the Lord spoke about each one of them, one after another, in Matthew 5, Matthew 6. And, and so, when you fast, there's just a realm of the spirit that you touch. When you pray, there's another realm. And when you give, there's another realm. But the Bible says a cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. So when you have fasting and prayer and giving put together, you have a stronger cord. But always remember, fasting is a standalone discipline. So if, if you are fasting and fasting for real and are struggling to pray as as, as much as you wanted to. Don't you ever allow guilt to calm you down. Because in the fast itself, even before you pray, there is power that shakes the devil. Did I help somebody out there? Now, I didn't say don't pray when you're fasting. I'm saying treat your fast as a fast and as a standalone discipline. And then add to it the power. In fact, the prayers prayed before the fast and the prayers prayed just after the fast could be the same words, but the power is different. Oh, praise God. Have we, have we found? Um, oh, praise God. Is Ezra chapter 1, verse, verse uh, 1 and 2. Maybe let's read it together. You can read it uh, seated. But if we have it, chapter 1, uh, go. 
in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout the realm and put it in writing. Amazing, isn't it? God spoke to, through Jeremiah and Daniel aligned the promise through fasting. And now the spirit of the Lord moved upon a foreign king to make a decree. And what was the decree? If you can go back there, what was the decree? Praise God. This is what Cyrus king of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has appointed me to build a temple for him in Jerusalem, in Judah. I want you to know that when you begin to fast and pray, God will raise people that you will have resources from the most unexpected sources to see to it that the work is done. Even those who don't like you will have to like you. If they don't like you, they'll find themselves paying your bills to see to it that the, what must be done is done. That's the power of fasting. Jeremiah began to pray. Jeremiah spoke it. Daniel aligned it in prayer. And Cyrus had to respond. Not only did the Spirit of God move Cyrus. Uh, I want you to see the other people that were moved from there. Go down, go down, go down. Go down that same Ezra chapter 1. Keep going. Verse 3. Uh, any one of his people, uh, may his God be with him. And let him go up Jerusalem in Judah. Build the temple of the Lord, God of Israel. Uh, God who is in Jerusalem. Continue. And the people of any place where survivors may now be living are to provide him with silver and gold, goods and livestock and with the free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Continue. Then the family heads, let's read it out loud together, go. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, who the Spirit of God had stirred, that's the other version, ah, prepared to go up and build the house of God in Jerusalem. How did they begin to find a stirring in their hearts? Stirring by the Spirit of God. It was because of the Daniel fast. Jeremiah prophesied, Daniel fasted, and the Spirit of God began to move in the heart of the king, in the heart of the leaders, in the heart of the people to see to it that the work is done. As you fast, holding on to the promises of God for this church and for your generation, there shall be a moving of the Spirit of God so that people may begin to align themselves and people may begin to do that which must be done. For it is not by might, it is not by power, but by my Spirit. Oh, by the way, that was Zachariah who was saying those words impacted by Daniel's prayer because it was those who returned from Babylon and they were now rebuilding and when there was a delay of 20 years they'd come back but for some strange reason there was a delay in the process and God raised Haggai and God raised Zerubbabel and God raised Zechariah but Zerubbabel and Haggai began to prophesy and when they spoke it was the spirit through Zechariah said this mountain this mountain of stagnation shall be removed this thing shall be built this mountain of stagnation 
nation shall be removed. And he said, it's not by might. It is not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Which spirit? The one that Daniel prayed and fasted over so that people may begin to flow with God. Are we together so far? I boldly declare there's going to be a stirring in this house. It's already happening. A stirring in your life. A stirring in the family. A stirring in the city. A stirring by the spirit. Why? Because the people of God are fasting and standing before God. Let there be a stirring in the political realm of the city. Let there be a stirring in the councillors, in the mayor's office. Let there be a stirring in whatever political party. Let there be a stirring wherever it may be in the business sector. Let there be a stirring. Why? Because the people of God are standing in the place of fasting and prayer. There is God in heaven. Your fast shall not be in vain. I said your fasting shall not be in vain. Your fasting shall align people. Shall align experts. Shall align government officials. Shall align. There shall be an aligning of people. Because you have fasted and prayed. There's time. Things must happen right now. Those guys could clothe the mouth of lions. Those guys could keep the fire from burning them. But they could not get themselves out of exile. Until when the word was spoken. And the time had come. And they understood according to the word of God. They could fast and pray before God. And suddenly people were being moved by the spirit of God. And politicians were being moved by the spirit of God. So that what must be done may be accomplished in Jesus name. Somebody shout aloud. Amen. Ah, you can do a loud amen. A better amen. A better amen. A better amen. A better amen. The second fast, and I come to a close, is the Nehemiah fast. You remember Nehemiah chapter 1? If you can find Nehemiah for us and read, there's just something beautiful about the reading of the scriptures. Um, always love to see the scriptures for yourself. Nehemiah chapter 1, um, read from verse 1 for us, and you will see this fast, and we come to a close. Um, praise God when you found it. We will have it on the screen. Ah, let's read it out loud together. Go. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the twelfth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. So there are those who remained in Babylon, but there are those who survived and went back to live in Jerusalem. The ones that Jeremiah wrote about, the two figs, remember that? So these are the ones that are going to describe. Let's listen to what he says about those remains. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. One version says they are in shame. They're living in shame, disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been banned with fire. Continue. Uh, when I heard these things, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. 
for some days, I'm on NIV, yes, Europa, yes, Europa, NIV, because it says, and for many days, I wept. Continue to read, yes. When I heard these things, I sat down, for, and, and for some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So in the next few minutes, look at this, look at this. There's a frustration. Everybody say frustration. Oh, you can do better, saints. Everybody say frustration. There's a frustration. And then suddenly, there's a fast. And after the fast, there's favor. And after the favor, there's the facing effects. There are foes over there, but God is going to deal with them. So in the next few minutes, I want to deal with this. There's a frustration. What is the frustration? Those who remained in exile are living in shame. The frustration was shame. Shame is one of the most demonic things. Shame is bad. The first place that God created man and put him is described as a place of no shame. Man and woman were in the garden naked and unashamed. It's described as no shame. The last place that people go to, those who refuse the gift of salvation, they go to a place called hell. Hell has a number of descriptions and the last one, the first one is they, they are tormented with fire, then there's darkness, then there's the worm that dieth not. Ladies, that is always eating people in hell. And then the last description is it is a place of everlasting shame. Shame is so bad. Shame is so demonic. It houses some of the most insidious demons and God is always fighting against shame. God said in the book of Leviticus to Israel, I brought you out of Egypt. I broke the, the, the bondage and enabled you to walk with your heads held high. Satan will always want to bend you down with disgrace, with shame. Whether it is personal shame because of some strange, wicked, foolish thing that you did. And your name is wallowing in the mud because of what you did. And Satan knows if I can have you in shame, I can paralyze you. Shame paralyzes. There's family shame. There's incest in the family. This thing happened. This is a family you're hoping that it should never go out and, and it goes over there. And families are surrounded with shame and they're paralyzed by them. There's institutional shame some institutions are just going I was talking to one young lady recently I said what, what do you do in Gauteng she says nah, I'm part of that SOE that has issues she couldn't even mention the state owned entity she was working for because it's covered with shame shame is evil shame is bad shame breaks shame keeps people down and never to move them and God is out to deliver them with shame but in this case when shame was reported, notice, here's the problem. Nehemiah felt the pinch more than those who reported the situation. Sometimes things don't change because we are used to them. 
These guys came from Judah and they reported people are living in shame. Gates are burned with fire and they continued with life normal. But when Nehemiah heard about this report, he could not eat for many days. What are the reports that you know, that you've seen, that you've heard that should make you come to a point where food is set aside for some time? We are not coming down out of this fast until this matter is resolved in the presence of God. There must be a determination. What is two days? What is five days? What is two weeks? To break, or what is three weeks? To break something that is going to be when broken, be a blessing to you for days and years and, and decades and generations for that matter. So there was shame. And that shame, which was a frustration, brought him to a fast. He says, I fasted many days. We don't know how many days, but he just fasted. I'm not getting out of this thing until it's done, until I have a knowing that it's broken. And while he's fasting and praying, he says, God, give me favor with this man. He's talking about the king. He was in the employ of the king at the time, was a cupbearer. And, and look at what he's asking for. He's asking for a long leave to go back and rebuild the walls, and he's asking for state coffers. State funding for it. says that I may get permission to use um, the, 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 the timber of the trans-Euphrates uh, that belong to the state. He's looking for favor. So there's a frustration. Then there's a fast. And the king says, why are you, why are you in pain? He says, oh, it's because they're home. And guess what? The king who brought or the system that brought them to Babylon, suddenly the king is more than willing to give him a long lease and support and fund the project of getting them to rebuild that place. I want you to know that when God is pleased with a man, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. God is going to turn things around. There's going to be funding for that project. There's going to be work. There's going to be money for that thing. It's going to be done because once there's a frustration that brings you to a fast, then you can expect that favor is going to begin to flow. I say favor is coming your way. I said favor is coming your way. Favor with your employers. Favor in the business arena. Favor in politics. Favor in the institution. Favor wherever I say favor is coming my way in the name of Jesus. He gathers the people when he arrives in Judah. He says, guys, do you see the trouble we are in? He says, come now, let's build that we will no longer be in shame. What people build in life, buildings, institutions, whatever, houses the dignity of a people. I salute you as builders. You're doing a great work. 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 It's come now, let us build. We'll no longer be in shame. Look, he made them face the facts. But he says, and I told them of the hand of God with me. You must never face the facts without favor in your life. Because facts will paralyze you. Facts will look permanent. Facts look like this thing has been like this. for. If you are going to look at facts from a place of without favor, you're not going to go anywhere. You've got to have this frustration come through a fast because the fast says here and no further. From this point now, we're going to walk in the favor of God. Once you have the favor, you can look at whatever situation. Look, faith does not ignore facts. 
You may have to face the same things you faced before the fast, but things have changed. Those things have not changed in the natural, but you have changed. You come to the same thing full of the favor of God. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The favor of God is going to bring you through in the name of... Oh, somebody come alive. Amen. Oh, let me stop right here. Everybody say favor. We will... You know, here's the, here's the truth. Here's the truth about favor. When favor comes and there is uh, your, 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 uh, uh, you face the facts. Facts should never be permanent. They were never meant to be permanent, though they look permanent. Facts can change. Facts must change. Facts will change where there's been a fast that comes to the place where favor comes. You know what? Because facts have to bow to truth. And truth is more than just a correct statement. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I have come to say to you that as you fast, the frustration will have to bow to truth. Favor is coming upon you. The Daniel fast and the Nehemiah fast. God bless you. Amen.